Hey everybody, and welcome back to Boozy Bracketology, where we believe in strong drinks, strong opinions, and crowning champions. My name is Mike, and I'm going to be your host for this evening as we dive into the second half of our bracket, as we seek to determine what is the best 21st century sitcom couple. That is a couple that was on a sitcom, and we use that term somewhat loosely, especially in this half of the bracket in a few matchups. And that sitcom had to have aired primarily during the 21st century. Now, I am not going to be the one making these decisions because I haven't seen a lot of these shows, but that's why they hired me to host. And by they, I mean no one because I'm not being paid. I just get to show up and drink and laugh and have a good time, which is really all I all I need in life. It's, it's wonderful, really. <laughs> um, we're going to meet our panelists starting off with... You know him. You've heard him frequently on the show. If you're listening, you've managed to tolerate him this long. Chris, how you doing? What you drinking? Mike, I am. I'm doing pretty well, my friend. Doing pretty well. We are, I think, like three weeks away from our trip to Nashville. Uh, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, my 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 wife was meaning to ask you. Does do you, do we need to plan something? <laughs> I honestly just want to spend the first couple of days watching nothing but basketball, and then right. going out at night. Fair enough. Okay. No, I don't have anything set planned. Uh, <laughs> the strip will be fine, or whatever. I'm not picky. Rock and roll. Uh, let's see here. I got myself a bottle. This bottle is almost gone. Nice. Uh, it will not be gone tonight, though. Uh, I've said before, this is a good mixing whiskey. I don't typically mix my whiskey though, and this bottle's going to go eventually. Uh, this is Uncle Nearest 1856. It is the standard Uncle Nearest selection. It's Tennessee whiskey. I prefer my Jack when I'm drinking Tennessee whiskey, but this is not terrible, but I do think it works better as a mixer, but uh, it's got a little bit of a fruity nose. We'll see. Yeah, that's, that's a Tennessee whiskey. It tastes just like a Tennessee whiskey. It's fine. It'll work. All right. Well, sounds good. Uh, I would start singing Chris Stapleton, but I couldn't possibly do him justice, but I'm sure that's some sweet Tennessee whiskey. I just made a country reference. People, people who know me should be amazed. I'm a little I mean, sad. you're going to Nashville, so... Well, I, I mean, I, I spent much time in Nashville, but I'm notoriously not a big country music fan. So, <laughs> But we're not here to discuss that. We are here to discuss 21st century sitcom couples and meet our remaining two panelists. Next up is Katie Dye. How are you doing and what are you drinking? I'm doing well, hanging in there. I have three weeks till my big trip to my couch for spring break, um, and I'm really <laughs> looking forward to that. Um, Amen. So that's where I'll be. Um, I'm doing good. I'm drinking my caffeine-free Diet Coke. Not that exciting, but on mute so that you don't have to hear any mouth sounds. But I'm eating some leftover Valentine's Day chocolate. So that's at least a nice a nice pairing with my sad Diet Coke. <laughs> Absolutely. Good for you, Nathan. Good for you. <laughs> you got the big giant bag. He did a good job. Well done. Well done, Nathan. Absolutely. Uh, I... I think that uh, I've eaten most of the Valentine's candy <laughs> in our at our household. Although, although the dogs got a hold of uh, some of the Girl Scout cookies last night, which oh no, uh, led, led me to led me to learn shockingly little cocoa in an entire box of Thin Mints uh, because I was. I'm not kidding, Mike. <laughs> for for our listeners, Chris just held up a, a box uh, showcasing a rather similar experience. Thin mints and everything found yep. it on my floor in my office when I got home. 
That's what that's out of the kitchen counter, grabbed the box, brought it upstairs, and ate it in my office. <laughs> I keep the Girl Scout cookies hidden in my classroom so nobody <clears throat> at my house can get into them. They stay yeah. at work where they're safe. Wise boys one, just wise need one. to learn to keep them in the freezer. Thin mints go in the freezer, and then it wouldn't be a problem. Mm-hmm. You, you and my wife would get along great because Nikki puts the Thin Mints and the Samoas in the freezer usually. Just hadn't put, They hadn't made that that journey yet unfortunately because then the dogs would not have been able to get them dog proof absolutely karen how are you doing and what are you drinking i'm doing good if we're talking about trips i think it's about a month and a half out from when i take my family to down around around chris's way we're heading into the jacksonville st augustine area awesome and gonna visit my hometown of gainesville go gators (laughs) and i am still Whatever. It's a building year, okay? It's been a building decade, but it's fine. I'm no Fairweather fan. And I am still working on my questionable bottle of red wine, which I just discovered I can't find the like alcohol content anywhere on it, which I thought was like illegal to not publish it. So I don't know what I'm drinking or how drunk I'm about to get. <laughs> I think wine is pretty pretty standard. Lock, clocks in like... 20% something like 20%? that. 20%? 20? There's no way it's 20. Like like well, it's, it's stronger than beer. It's a 16. Yeah. 20. And 16 if it's is 20. High. I'm going to be heated by the end of this. The average alcohol content of wine is about 12%. Okay, you're right. But it can go as high as 23. So little Woo-hoo. little quick googling there. So I've I have had beers on this podcast that have clocked in at higher ABV than than wine does on average. That's interesting. I didn't for some reason I thought wine was a little higher. I don't know why. Shows you how little I know. Uh but uh speaking of trips, Chris, um I've been showcasing this beer on the the podcast a little bit. I had it uh last recording or last week's recording as well, but I do I did set a couple aside to bring to you on our trip to Nashville. Ooh. Uh, this is, I've brought yet again, yet again, and you, I'm sure you can find this where you are too, but it is the Duclaw sweet baby banana. It's, uh, I'm hoping that they just make this a whole series, uh, cause they have the sweet baby Jesus, which is the chocolate peanut butter porter. They have the sweet baby Java, which includes some coffee. And this one includes chocolate peanut butter and banana. Uh, they missed an opportunity to call it the Elvis. I feel like, but yeah, nonetheless, yeah. This is a really solid beer in this series. Um, but yeah, I'm just down with, with let's just mix chocolate, peanut butter, and literally whatever random wild hair the folks at Duclaw Brewing uh, have up their ass that particular uh, brewing will, session. Because I will throw it's out good. there, I want marshmallow. Mm. Add some marshmallow in there. Amen. The, the sweet baby fluffernutter. Amen. Yes. <laughs> I love it. All right. But folks, we're going to dive right into this bracket here, uh, as I said in the first episode, which if you haven't listened to the first episode of this series, go listen to it because it was fantastic. We made a few controversial decisions here, but uh, there's no seating. They're just grouped uh, primarily by TV show. And if a television show didn't have multiple couples that were deemed of interest for the bracket, uh, we had them face off against other television shows. But our first matchup of the night, we've got a few shows that we couldn't even limit to two couples. We had to make them three couples to have a showdown to determine which one was the best one from that particular show. Uh, in the three couple matchups, if it is a one-to-one tie going to the third panelist, the 
couple that has not received a vote is eliminated and the final panelist will have to choose between the top two. And our first show of the night is Sex and the City, which it's, I don't know why it's weird to me, but it boggles my mind that that show did primarily take place in the, or was aired primarily in the 21st century. It just feels very 90s to me, but I suppose that's accurate. Uh, But our three couples are Carrie and Mr. Big, Carrie and Aiden, or Miranda and Steve. Christopher, you're up. I put this bracket together and I am shocked. Shocked, I say, that I didn't include Charlotte with the I, I forget not Trey, the not, Harry. not Trey. Is it Danny? Harry. Harry. The divorce lawyer, right? I, I didn't include them. That's shocking to me because I have a, a long history of love and admiration for Kristen Davis. Uh I'm a little shocked I didn't put that on this list. But I, I don't feel like you can have this bracket and have Sex in the City on there without having Carrie and Mr. Big, but I think we can all agree they are a shit couple. They are a terrible, terrible couple. Uh, I am not an Aiden fan. I thought he was annoying as hell. I, I'm going Miranda and Steve here. I, I do think they were a little more dramatic, and it's they definitely played into the dramatic parts of their relationship, but I was at least invested in that couple. So, yeah, uh, Miranda and Steve get my vote. And Miranda and Steve pick up their first vote. Katie, you're next. Yeah, I mean, none of these, <clears throat> none of these three couples are a picture of what you want to be. None of them are couple goals. Um, I think that Carrie and Mr. Big are just a shit show from start to finish. Um, and I think that Carrie and Aiden are a mess because Carrie and Mr. Big are a shit show. And I just, I think the common denominator there is that Carrie is a mess. <laughs> um, and I think that's kind of the theme of the whole show. Um, I think Miranda and Steve are also a mess. Um, but in a way that I'm a little bit somewhat more invested in them. Um, if we leave out all the stuff they're trying to do on the reboot and just leave the show for what it is. Um, So yeah, I'm going to go with Miranda and Steve on this one. And making it very easy on Karen, Miranda and Steve pick up their second vote and we'll be moving on to the next round. But I do want to know if you think we got this one right, or if you're going to throw Carrie a bone with one of her relationships. Carrie is trash, honestly, (laughs) straight up. Like she is a bad friend, bad girlfriend, bad character. So, yeah, I definitely agree. She's the common denominator. Without the influence of Mr. Big, I think she and Aiden could have been really good. Like, I do like her and Aiden more than her and Mr. Big. Um, and it it's really hard to overlook what they have done with Miranda and Steve in the reboot. Like, I don't if anyone hasn't watched it, I don't want to, like, spoil it. But it's it's pretty bad. Um But considering that Carrie is just truly awful, I am going to agree with my fellow panelists and say it is Miranda and Steve. Uh, Yeah, we're not counting the reboot uh, at all. I don't think I don't think anybody really does. Miranda and Steve picks up their third vote. They will sweep their way over Carrie's relationships into the next round. And they will be facing off against one of the following two couples from the television show Shit's Creek which I will never get tired of saying the name of that television show. Will it be 
David and Patrick or Moira and Johnny? Katie, you're starting this one off. So it takes a lot for me to add a show into my rotation. I'm very much like a comfort show person. I will watch Friends and The Office and Grey's Anatomy just like on loop. And I it's hard for me to like commit time to a whole nother show because a, a show it's, it's a lot of work to sit and watch a whole season or series. Um but Shit's Creek is one of the best TV shows I have ever watched. I love everything about it. Um, and I love both of these couples in very different ways. Um, I think Moira and Johnny are hysterical. Um, Catherine O'Hara is so phenomenal and just absolutely hilarious. I was watching an interview with her and that accent that she put on for Moira, she just invented that. That was not part of the character. She just came up with that on her own. And oh my God, if that's not the funniest thing. Um, but as strong as I felt about Jim and Pam in our last bracket, I feel that strongly about David and Patrick. I don't think... I don't know how I'm going to go on if David and Patrick don't win this one. They are just the perfect couple. They balance each other out so well. As chaotic as David is, Patrick just really grounds him and is just, ugh, their chemistry is amazing. I love everything about them. Um, Yeah, David and Patrick for me is an easy pick here. And David and Patrick pick up their first vote, as Katie suggests. She might not be able to go on if they don't move on. So no pressure, Karen. Over to you. Well, I definitely don't want to disappoint Katie, especially considering I totally dissed her on Jim and Pam in the last round. Um, I will admit, though, Shit's Creek, I haven't seen a lot of. Like, I, It's one of those that like everyone says it's so good that it's made me not want to watch it because it's like, I don't know how it can possibly live up to that. And I don't want, and everyone who loves it loves it, right? Like you cannot tell a Shit's Creek fan that it's bad or that there are flaws with it. So I've been a little bit afraid to start it. So most of my knowledge on these two couples comes from like clips that I see on TikTok, which I do find hilarious. Um, and I love the banter between David and Patrick. I think that they are so funny and their relationship from what I have seen anyway is just so like approachable from an audience standpoint. And it makes me like that. What I've seen of those clips like makes me want to watch the show more than any person saying like, please watch this. So I'm going to go with David and Patrick. And David and Patrick do pick up their second vote and we'll be moving on into the next round. Chris, I know you're a huge fan of the show, so I want to know if you think this was the correct decision. I'm going to just kind of talk off the top of my head here, Mike. I'm going to tell you I need more than a minute to kind of get through this um, because this show is – there's a handful of shows, sitcoms, in the last 10 years, 15 years that have eclipsed like the, the bar set by the Seinfelds and the Friends – they have taken comedy and sitcoms to a completely different level of keen social insight, genuinely funny, but giving you characters that are human to the core. And there's a couple of them on this bracket. They're the one that comes to mind. It's up ahead of the good place. Uh, phenomenal sitcoms, phenomenal characters. 
but I think we all agree that I, I messed this up a little bit because if there we this should have been a three way. There should have been uh, obviously the two that we have, but really the one seat here should be Mutt and Alexis. We can agree on that, right? Like Mutt and Alexis were OTP. No, no one else like Mutt. Me either. That guy freaking sucked. <laughs> I was like, I was ready to fight, to be honest. I got really nervous. I I genuinely wish that listeners could have seen the expression on all of our faces as Chris was talking. Well, I mean, that's generally the look on my wife's face, too, whenever I talk. Mm. I really fought putting Mutt, not Mutt, uh, Alexis and Ted on this bracket. Uh, I opted not to because they did not end up together. And that, to me, is heartbreaking and beautiful at the same time because they are such a good couple but Alexis's character changed so much throughout the course of the show that it wouldn't have made sense for her to end up with Ted. It wouldn't have made sense for her to end up with anyone. She finally came in to become this awesome person that she should have, that she, from the, from the jump of the show, she is this arrogant, self-righteous, I'm too good for this person. And to see that the change in Annie Murphy's character is amazing. I love this show. I freaking love this show. Um, and Karen, I will say this, and you're going to look, you're going to roll your eyes a little bit, and I'm okay with that. You've got to give it more than a season. You got to give it more than about a season and a half. It doesn't find its footing. But Karen, when it finds its footing, it is one of the best sitcoms ever made. We we made it to about the the mutt storyline, which is why when you were talking, I was like, wait, does he get better? Like, no, mutt goes away. <laughs> Thank God, mutt goes away. Um, Mutt shaves his beard at one point. And you realize how funny looking that guy actually is in that in the context of the show. Yeah, I'm sure he's a good looking guy. Um, God knows we saw him without a shirt on the show and he's got some stuff going for him. Good for him. But going back to this one here. I'm really actually glad this doesn't come down to me because I don't know what I would have picked. Um, I'm very happy to see Patrick and David moving on. I love that those characters so much. There is there's a, a sweet like they build this world for, for a gay couple to live in where there's no stigma around being gay. They're allowed to exist and evolve as a couple without having to justify or fight prejudice. And they're allowed to build and blossom into this amazing relationship. Mm-hmm. But Johnny and Moira were together for 30 or 40 years. This is a couple, and I, Leah and I have had this conversation multiple times, but you're talking about a couple here that literally had everything, opulent wealth on top of opulent wealth, and lost it. And they had nothing but each other and stood together and built their family back up. And they built their family back up first before they started building anything else. They were there for each other in their lowest points. They didn't point fingers. They didn't blame. They looked at each other and said, how are we going to get through this? At no point in this show did either of these characters even think about straying. That's what I love. There's there's no thought of like, oh, I'm going to stray. It's not the way the show handles it. Their love is genuine. It's pure. And it's freaking beautiful. I love this show. My vote for, goes for Johnny and Moira, but more so because I could not have to choose between these two. And I'm very glad I went last. <laughs> well, every now and then your host will throw you a bone. It wasn't planned, but I'm glad it worked out for you, Chris. You get to throw Johnny and Moira a vote. But David and Patrick will be moving on into the next round as we move on to our next matchup. Uh, this is going to be between uh, two couples from two different shows. Uh, this is going to be from the television show Blackish, Dre and Rainbow. And from the television show 30 Rock, Liz and Chris. 
And I believe we are starting this one off with Karen. So maybe I just don't remember 30 Rock all that well, but I don't remember particularly liking Liz and Chris. Like, I I don't know. Maybe it was just Liz's character to me never really changed. Like she, she was always very Liz-ish, like from start to finish. And I love that about her and I love the show, but I haven't seen it in a very long time. And as much as I love, is that Patrick Dempsey who plays Chris? No, Chris is uh, James Marsden. Yeah, thank you. I get those confused. Um, You know, dark-haired white men. It's all the same. (laughs) Um, I I don't think I like them that much. I don't, like, I never was really, like, rooting for them or like, oh, yay, Liz finally found someone. Um, If anything, I like Jenna and, like, the Jenna... Oh, drag yeah. queen guy that she ended up with. I think. Those, oh, Will Forte. Oh, yeah. Yes, Will Forte. I think they were amazing. I loved them. So I guess by default, I'll go with Dre and Rainbow because I, I don't remember really thinking Chris was all that amazing for Liz. And Dre and Rainbow pick up a first vote by default. Chris, what do you have to say on this one? I'm pretty sure in my whiskey infused state that I can make a logical inference here that Karen just compared me to James Marsden and Patrick Dempsey, because I am in fact a dark haired white man. And that's a comparison I am happy to take. I, 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 I was also be. thinking the same thing for myself, except I'd no longer have the hair. I can't, I literally can't see the difference. <laughs> it's like in the office, corporate wants you to tell the difference. I'm looking at you now. I can't tell the difference. It's like, it, I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, I actually like Liz and Chris. Uh, I like the fact that Liz kind of got someone who got her humor. And the whole scene, there's there's a, an, ep- an entire episode where Jack is convinced that Chris isn't good enough for her and goes out to prove that Chris isn't good enough for her. And goes out to prove this and only to find out that they're actually like a really good couple. But it suffers from the same thing Letterkenny suffers from. That's not the plot of the show. The characters don't change. They don't evolve. You kind of get a glimpse of them in their personal life at home. I think there's an ep- there's an episode where Liz is trying to buy like the house above her and install like a, a second floor in her apartment. And Chris is fighting about it. She's like, you don't actually live here. Yada, yada, yada. I think he, he runs a hot dog stand or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while since I see 30 Rock. Um, but the characters don't really change. There's not a whole lot of crux to it. Dre and Rainbow go through hell together. At, at one point in the show, they get separated. Um, it's a very real relationship. I'm not the biggest fan of the TV show Blackish, uh, but I do genuinely love those two characters. I think they give a really interesting and accurate portrayal of what a marriage can look like in the circumstances they're living in. So I'm going Dre and Rainbow here. And Dre and Rainbow pick up their second vote and will be moving on into the next round. I'm curious, Katie. I'm trying to read your face. I don't know if I know you all enough to be able to do it, but did we get this one right? Yeah. So up until this bracket got sent to me, my context for 30 Rock was that um, meme where Liz says, oh, it's been a week, huh? And then Alec Baldwin says, Lemon, it's a Wednesday. Um, Because I send that back and forth with my friends all the time on Wednesdays when I feel like it's been a week. I had never (laughs) seen the show. Um, So I watched a little bit of it. Had to like Google when I could find 
Chris coming into the show because mm-hmm. again when I read the bracket I was like oh is that Alec Baldwin's character's name and then I realized no that's not who gets together um so I didn't have like a great amount of context admittedly for this um but I watched a little bit I Blackish is not my favorite show it's not one that I like race to watch but it is a good show I think the relationship between Dre and Rainbow is great I agree with everything Chris said I think it is a unique like portrayal of a marriage um I I really enjoy it I like that Rainbow is a strong female character um I I really like them and I like their dynamics so Dre and Rainbow would be my vote as well and Dre and Rainbow finish off the sweep over Liz and Chris from 30 Rock as we are moving on into our next matchup and uh I'll be honest, I'm not super familiar with the show, but I was not expecting to see it on a sitcom bracket. Netflix classified as a sitcom. Maybe it's funnier than the few episodes that I've uh, happened to catch bits and pieces of with my wife uh, have indicated uh, that featured like, you know, people dying and stuff. But uh, from from the television show, Orange is the New Black, uh, a sitcom that takes place at a prison. Yeah. your two couples are Piper and Alex or Pussy and Soso. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Pussy. Pussy. Ah, c'est French. Oui, oui. Um, Chris, we're starting this one off with you. This is a little bit of a cheat. And I fully admit this is a little bit of a cheat. Because you don't really see Pussy and, and Broker. I, I have written now Soso. You don't really see their relationship develop all that much. Because in the penultimate episode, spoiler alert, in the penultimate episode of, episode of season four of Orange is the New Black, uh, Pusey is killed in a prison riot. Yeah, pretty sure that's one of the ones I saw, which is why I was like, why is this on a sitcom bracket? Anyway, um, because the the relationship building between her and Brooke up until that point is actually really sweet. It's like they, they get in deep and they realize they don't really know each other. And they decide we need to take a step back and get to know each other. And when they get to that point is when she dies. So it's very lovely. It's a, it's very it's a very lovely arc uh, to a very short lived romance, but I will be damned if I'm going to let Alex and Piper run through this part of the bracket. I can't <laughs> allow that to happen. Yeah. I hate those characters. They're not redeemable. They're not redeemable. The only thing less redeemable about that is Jason Biggs's character from the first couple of seasons as uh, the Piper's husband. Not yeah. redeemable. I, I don't I don't care for those characters. Uh, Pusey and Soso gave me hope in a tragic loss that kind of sticks with me. I'm going with Pusey and Soso or uh Pusey should be Pusey and Brooke, but yeah, you get it. Okay. And Pusey and Brooke slash Soso pick up a first vote. Katie, you're up next. Yeah. I was a little confused as to how this was on the sitcom bracket, but I didn't get my Grey's Anatomy. So that, that one hurt a little bit. I was like, how is this? But whatever, I'll let it go. Um, you know, Chris, we might disagree on the really important things in life, like what kind of Doritos are best, but (laughs) I am right there with you on this. Piper and Alex are awful. Absolutely awful. Um, not redeemable characters, not characters I'm rooting for, not characters I really want good things for. Um, and I'm kind of easily manipulated by a tv show i want to like 
the main characters that I, I just want to sit and enjoy the show and like them. And I don't like them at all. Um, so even though, yes, their relationship was kind of short-lived, um, Pusey and Soso are going to get my vote as well. And Pusey and Soso pick up a second vote and are heading to the next round. Karen, what say you? Okay, first I need to know what Dorito is correct. Nacho cool ranch. cheese. <laughs> Nacho cheese. But <laughs> That's Katie, the real... Katie disagrees. <laughs> That's the real drama in this episode right now. <laughs> well, if we're being honest, they canceled it, but guacamole was delicious. Ew. I had that one. Well, they canceled it doesn't it. sound good. It was delicious. It doesn't sound good. Not going to lie. No. The best chips of all time, though, Lay's did me so dirty in the 2000s. If we're talking about the 2000s, okay, they had kettle cooked dill pickle oh. chips. They oh. did me dirty. Oh, that sounds wonderful. They broke my heart so bad. It's only available in Canada. Anyway, <laughs> all that to say that I totally agree with you both on the Piper and Alex thing, not on the Doritos thing. But they they're they're awful. I don't like them. They they are not redeemable characters. I'm I don't want them to get together. Every time they're together on screen, I'm like break up, break up. So yeah, it's got to be Pusey and Brooke. <laughs> and and when you're cheering with for one of the two couples in a matchup to break up, break up, it it makes it pretty obvious that you can't vote for them. Pusey and Soso does finish off the sweep. We'll be heading into the next round to take on Dre and Rainbow. As we head into the next matchup, and this is going to be from the television show Parks and Rec, which unlike Orange is the New Black, I think we can fairly safely say is a sitcom. Your two couples from Parks and Rec are going to be Andy and April or Ben and Leslie. This is a tough matchup. Katie, you're starting us off. This one's hard because which I feel like has been a rare occasion for this bracket. I really like both of these couples. <clears throat> um, Andy and April are so funny and really are the like opposites attract, which I think is fun and makes for good writing. It, it, they have great chemistry and they are funny. Um, but Ben and Leslie are just so wholesome and just the way that Ben supports Leslie as crazy as she is just is constantly there for her and just loves her so much um I mean I can't get past the the I love you and I like you that is just like my one of my favorite sitcom scenes ever um so I'm gonna go with Ben and Leslie for this one Ben and Leslie with their first vote. Karen, you're next. Yeah, I definitely agree that both of those couples are just so enjoyable to watch and to root for. They both have, you know, an arc of like, will they, won't they? And like, there's some issues that stand in their way before they get together and you're not really sure. You know, Andy and April are like the golden retriever and black cat matchup. And Ben and Leslie are like, two hawks i guess like <laughs> just like swooping down on all of their goals and things like that for me it's tough to watch ben and leslie like constantly let their career stand in the way of like progressing in their relationship but i feel like neither of them would have been happy with anybody that wasn't like reciprocal 
advocating of that or like open to that. So I don't know. I think we showed in the last round that I'm I'm a fan of like the weirdo offbeat couples based on my vote for Michael and Holly. <laughs> so because they're like a secondary couple and they're weird and cool and I just love them and I love their relationship, I'm going to go with Andy and April. And Andy and April are going to pick up a vote and pull even with Ben and Leslie. And God help us all. We're putting this in the hands of Chris. All right. So. I, I, I've never watched Parks and Rec. It's always been on my list. Uh, my main context is that uh, after the one episode of Parks and Rec, I had to convince several people that, yes, Neutral Milk Hotel is a real band. Um, <laughs> that's all I know. Uh, so I don't have any particular thing to add except to say, Chris, take it away. I, I think Karen did a little bit of a disservice there because, Karen, if you've seen Parks and Rec, you would know that April is, in fact, a dog. The only cat on the show is Retta. You are so right. You're so <laughs> right. She's a Siberian husky, right? Exactly. I believe that's right, actually. Mm-hmm. Retta is 100% a cat. For um, sure. This one, so I, I will tell you, I have got a very soft spot in my heart for Parks and Rec. Uh, this show, after my mom passed away, was the show that I watched. I watched it beginning to end because I just needed some genuinely good feelings in my life. And I have gone back, no joke, in the three years since it, oh my God, it's been three years, but in the three years since it happened, I've watched this show beginning to end at least five times. I love the show. This is, when you talk about what my favorite TV show is, it's up there, but it's definitely my favorite sitcom of all time. Um, but it's my favorite sitcom of all time because of the characters and the friendships and the the relationships built within it. Um, I will die on the hill if I'm very happy they came back for a last season because it gave me the episode titled Leslie and Ron, which is one of the best episodes of that show ever made. But we're talking about couples here. Um, and this is one of those weird things where Karen's right. They did the will they, won't they a lot on this show with these two couples, but this is the rare instance. This is rare in sitcoms where the steam didn't get lost when they got together. Like these couples evolved, they changed and they didn't lose the comedy. The comedy was hilarious, but do you guys remember the scene where, where, uh, Leslie and Ben, when Ben is technically Leslie's boss and they have the agreement, they can't have, they can't have an argument if they're on city property. Yeah, they go through this entire like 10 minute running through. You're using city water. Yeah, they're standing in fountains. It's wonderful, <laughs> but it shows the length of what those characters are willing to do to go through and have a healthy argument or in this case to avoid an argument because arguing is never fun. I love both these characters. What I can't get past personally. Andy is so annoying for the first season. He's uh, he came a long way and his comedy is top notch. Uh, have you ever seen the the outtake of the uh, these? I'm not I don't want to make the joke, but there it's an outtake of the comeback line. The Kim Kardashian. one. Yes. yes. <laughs> Even I've seen that. OK, <laughs> I was thinking of the outtake where he throws the briefcase and breaks the whole wall, <laughs> yeah. like the set. I've, I've seen that one, too. But yes, that one, too. <laughs> Or the one where he's like, Leslie, I know why you're sick. The computer says you have network connectivity network issues. <laughs> that was improvised, apparently. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Yeah, he was only supposed to be in a couple episodes, and they just loved him and kept him around. So, yeah, definitely agree. He was horrible the first season, but he improved. Well, I mean, he was horrible because you like you genuinely liked Anne and you wanted Anne to be better. And then she dated mm-hmm. Mark Brandana quits. So, um, 
Why isn't Anne and Mark on this so we could trash them? Uh, it honestly. would be Anne and Chris, and you do not say anything bad about Chris Traeger. We will. I love words. him. I literally love Chris. Um, oh, we all love Chris. Listen, this one's <laughs> tough, but because I, I had a longer way to go with liking Andy, and I really didn't like him in season one. And I was genuinely happy. The the, the wedding episode with Ben and, and uh, Leslie is wonderful. Ron gets to give her away. She gives that touching speech about how she's not, her father hasn't been around. And th- their love is genuine. It's pure. They're both other of genuine and pure. But I love uh, uh, Ben and Leslie a lot. Uh, I'm going with them. And it's sadly very, very tough to say that. And it was a close vote. But Leslie Nope gets a yep from Chris. Sorry, I had to do it. Ben and Leslie will be moving on into the next round. And let's find out who they're going to be facing off against. Uh, we've got two couples from two different television shows in this matchup. Will it be from the television show Superstore, Jonah and Amy? Or from Fresh Off the Boat? We've got Louie and Jessica. And Karen, you're starting this one off. So I have never seen Fresh Off the Boat akin to Schitt's Creek. I have seen some clips of it and of their relationship, but I did watch quite a few episodes of Superstore. So automatically that puts Jonah and Amy ahead for me just because I have more context of them. Um, I think they're like a bad couple though. I don't know. Like I, I don't love them. I think like the way that they start is weird. And like any, any, romantic relationship where it starts where like the guy's really really interested and the lady's like back off i hate you and he like wears her down is kind of an ick for me so based on that and of the cute clips i've seen um from fresh off the boat i'm gonna go with fresh off the boat and louie and jessica from fresh off the boat pick up their first vote chris you're up next Superstore may not be fair because they got canceled. I think they want to do two more seasons. They got canceled going into their last season. But Jonah and Amy broke up like she broke his heart. She left. She did. Um, Never thought I'd feel bad for Jonah because Jonah treated. uh, I forget the other girl's name that ended up going to the different store. I love those two together. I thought they were great. Um, But Jonah and Amy. They, they end up together because they had to. Of course they had to, but there was no logical conclusion to that. It's like, hey, we only have eight episodes to tie the show together and end the whole series. Let's bring them back. But Amy left. and It's not they left at the beginning of the relationship at the beginning of the show. Like She left towards the end of the show and said, I can't do this. I need to focus on my career. I have nothing wrong with that, but it doesn't make it a good couple. Um, they never tie that, that, tie that back together. She kind of comes back. Jonah has to say, I'm okay with it because they can't have eight to 10 episodes of them trying to work it out because they don't have that many episodes left of the show. Lewis and Jessica is freaking cute. Uh, there's an episode of that show where um, they're t- where Jessica's talking about how they process grief differently. And she's talking about what it was like for her to have to give up the minivan that she watched her kids grow old in. And Lewis didn't get it. And she had to have this emotional conversation. Their relationship is pure. It's great. Uh, uh, is it Constance Wu and Randall Park are amazing. They're so good. Uh, if you haven't seen Fresh Off the Boat, I recommend it. I've only seen a handful of episodes, but their love has stuck with me for a while. I'm a big fan. And Lewis and Jessica, I'm sorry I pronounced your name Louie uh, until Chris corrected me. Uh, just 
just there. Pick up a second vote. We'll be moving on to the next round. I want to hear from Katie. Do we get this one right? Yeah. Um, I feel like when I was younger and would watch TV shows and the married couples would have their like arc or their plot or whatever, I'd kind of get bored because um, I wanted the drama and I wanted the will they, won't they, and I want I wanted all of that. Um, but now that I'm an old married lady, um, I think there is just something so beautiful about seeing different marriages and how they work. Um, just like real life, as we're talking about grief, as we're talking about all these issues, like it's just really cool to see just like representations of marriages that work and that are messy, but that are just like at their core, like wonderful relationships. Um, and I really, I, I've only seen a little bit of Fresh Off the Boat, but everything I've seen of it, they're the, um, Lewis and Jessica, they're like, their relationship is just so fun and real and good to watch. And yeah, I really, I really like them both. So Lewis and Jessica for me as well. And Lewis and Jessica finishes off the sweep as I plead with Katie to please never refer to yourself as an old married lady in front of my 40-year-old ass. But <laughs> I'm going to be 30 in a month. It's knocking on the door. <laughs> I would love to say I remember 30, but I kind of do. That's fine. I'm not that old. But anyway, but yes, uh, Lewis and Jessica will be moving on to the next round. And we are moving on to our final two matchups of the night. Uh, and this first one is going to be between uh, two couples from a show that I really, really loved. And I kind of feel bad that I lost track of in this past few seasons. But uh, the birth of your kids will do that to you. Uh, but from the television show Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the two couples in question are going to be Lieutenant Holt and Kevin or Jake and Amy. And I have lost track. What are we on? Chris? Chris, you're starting this one off? I can. You go. We, we've had this conversation multiple times. It's the, it's the old married couple that has been together for a while since well before the show happened, and it's the new relationship. Um, the interesting curve is there's a point in the, ep in the, point in the show where uh, Lieutenant Holt and Kevin break up, which is actually heartbreaking because their love is it's wonderful they're so they're two very unique personalities and andre brower and oh i can't forget his name i forget his name i don't uh, know the other actor's name but he's, uh, he's wonderful been, he's in the good place he's the freaking the 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 head devil in the good place he's phenomenal mark is three and mark jacob christensen or something like that i mean he's got three names uh that love is very very pure and then you've got like the the juvenile detective, the loudmouth, and the uptight. It almost feels like it's a sitcom written, but Melissa Fumero and Andy Samberg bring a lot of life to those two characters. That when they do finally get together, you see there's those characters soften and change, which I love. This is a hard pick, but I think I've got to go with Jake and Amy just because you see a lot more of that relationship evolve, and I genuinely do like it. I I, I think they're great together. Um, their comedic timing together is amazing as well. And I will watch Melissa Fumero do anything. She's a phenomenal young actress. Uh, obviously easy to look at, but she's actually very talented. And her comedic chops, she does not get the credit for it because she is freaking funny on this show. So Jake and Amy get my vote. No, I, I, amen to Melissa Fumero being amazing on that show. Like for sure. Uh, Mark Evan Jackson was the name that you were looking for. 
but you got one of the words, one of the names, you right did. In the you, last letter of the last the, name. You got more than I would have gotten right. I was like, oh yeah, the actor who plays Kevin on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, but Jake and Amy do pick up their first vote. Uh, let's head over to Katie next. This is such a hard one. Um, Brooklyn Nine Nine and my husband and I. That was. It's hard for us to find a show that we can watch together, and there's things that we both like. We just have very different interests, and. This one was one that, oh my gosh, we just, every episode we watched, we died laughing. It's so funny. Um, and I feel like it, that it was one of those shows that like had a hard time finding its place and got, you know, moved around a lot. And it's just like, uh, I feel like it's underrated for what it is. Um, Agreed. I don't have, this was the only one on this whole bracket that I don't have something written down for already because I just don't know how you decide between these two. I mean, the Jake and Amy are just, I love the, the not quite like enemies to lovers, but they were a little bit enemies or they butted heads. And I just, I think that's so fun. I like watching that dynamic shift. Um, But the, when they, when, when everyone goes to meet Kevin for the first time and Holt is revealed to be like the the more exuberant one of the two. That is just absolutely hilarious. That is like one of my favorite. Oh my god, I was not expecting that, and I, I we had to like pause the TV because I was laughing so hard. It's just so good, Ugh. and Andre Brower is so good as Holt. I just his delivery and everything is so good and it makes me love them even more because their dynamic is just so funny and it's so unique. It's, I don't feel like that's a dynamic that we see a lot on TV and especially when when it's a, a gay couple. I feel like we there's like a, a stereotype dynamic that writers kind of like pigeonhole gay couples into and I just love that they were not that and I just thought that was so cool. Um but Jake and Amy are Jake and Amy, and I love them. I feel like I don't want to make this decision, and so I'm going to go with Holt and Kevin so that I don't have to. The trademark boozy bracketology punt coming from Katie Dye as she picks <laughs> Lieutenant Holt and Kevin. This is how we get Moneyball. This is how we get Moneyball. Except there's no wrong decision here. This no, is there is really no Moneyball here. I, and I, as I mentioned, I this is a show, a lot of these shows I'm not familiar with. This is a show I'm very familiar with, Karen. And I don't know how I would vote in the show because or, or <sighs> mismatch it because they're both they're both fantastic. I all I will say, adding on to what, what Katie said, though, give Andre Brower all the Emmys because his he was oh my so gosh. phenomenally yeah. funny in a way that in an unexpected way as Lieutenant Holt it just. When Incredible. he has to pretend to be straight and he's like <laughs> describing women, he's like, I just love their heavy breasts. <laughs> like, it's just so funny when he has oh, to be God. straight, like to go undercover. Oh my gosh, he's amazing in that. Katie, that was dirty, but I respect it. Yep. I respect it. Um, this is the one I think of all of them that I just couldn't like pre-decide on. It's it's just like Chris said. I mean, it's the established married couple versus like us getting to see the love story unfold. Uh, I mean, 
I, I just don't think that Lieutenant Holt and Kevin could have another match that's like as perfect for them as each other, if that makes sense. Like I think that Jake and Amy, if something were to happen and they were to get like divorced, like they could find someone else and be happy. I think is the metric that I'm going to use this to make my decision. But I think truly like Kevin and Lieutenant Holt are absolutely made for each other and perfect. And like when they renew their vows, it's so sweet and just genuine. And even though they're both pretty like deadpan and stoic, the way that they express their feelings for each other, although Jake and Amy are so sweet and I love them and I want like all the good things for them. And the fact that Jake like gives up his career to be like a stay-at-home dad and like he puts his family first and that was never his style at the beginning he was all for himself like I love that that's so sweet and but I just based on the fact that I think that Lieutenant Holt and Kevin there could not be anyone else that could make them happy I'm gonna go with them and regretfully leave Jake and Amy behind but all the love to them that show's perfect you're dead to me Oh, and uh, that was an incredibly tough decision. That might that might have been the toughest decision of this bracket so far in the first round. Uh, Lieutenant Holt and Kevin will be moving on uh, over Jake and Amy, but Brooklyn Nine Nine such a such a great show, I just amazing show. All right, and we are moving on into our final matchup of the night, and it will be. One more three-way matchup, and but it's going to be between three couples from three different shows. We're going to have from Jane the Virgin, Jane and Michael. From one of my favorites that I was extraordinarily disappointed when they canceled it, from Pushing Daisies, Ned and Chuck. And from the television show How I Met Your Mother, Lily and Marshall. Katie, take us away. Oh, this one's hard to be first on. I was a little nervous when you were saying one of your favorites. I thought you were going to say How I Met Your Mother, and I got very nervous that a friend's ripoff would be your favorite. Um, <laughs> I've So two of these three shows I've watched completely all the way through. I I didn't watch all of Pushing, Daisy, Pushing Daisies, which there's not a ton to watch, but I didn't. I just, I never watched all of it. And so I feel like Ned and Chuck are at an unfair advantage for me because I just don't have the full context as much with their relationship development. Um, the, the clips that I have seen, the pieces that I have seen, I like them together. Um, I like their chemistry, but I just, I don't have as much context for them as I do for the other two. That being said... The context I have for the other two isn't great um, in terms of quality. Uh, Jane and Michael are not meant to be. They're not meant to be together. And so I don't think we can say they're the best couple. Um, I think the love that they had was like real and I loved watching them. But I think that it is what it is. It wasn't it wasn't her forever relationship. And so I, I don't think I can vote for Jane and Michael. Lily and Marshall are uh, a mess. I don't, 
I don't like Lillian Marshall. Um, I don't like that that Lily left him. I thought that was selfish. I, I think Lily selfish through most of the show. Um, and I think Marshall is kind of immature. And so I just don't love them together. Um, I mean, yes, they're objectively the best relationship on the show, but there, there's not much to compare them with there. There, that's not a hard award to win. Um, so I mean, Everything I've heard about Pushing Daisies is that it's fantastic and that I can't go wrong with Ned and Chuck. So if I'm choosing between that relative unknown and these other two couples that kind of aren't the greatest, I'm going to go with Ned and Chuck. I'm going to give it to them and I'm going to watch more of Pushing Daisies. <laughs> you really should. It's wonderful. And Ned and Chuck picks up their first vote. We're going to hand it off to Karen. So for me... Jane the Virgin is one of those shows that I really enjoy, but like I mix up the characters a lot. Like I, I, I honestly right now couldn't tell you if Michael is the one who like dies, but, but didn't die and he came back or, or the other one. <laughs> like, so I, I, to me, they're just not memorable enough for me to really like consider them as part of this three-way situation we have going on. How I Met Your Mother is a really interesting show because I feel like there are very few sitcoms that have caused so much debate as that show, like whether it's like the success of the couples that get paired on there or like the ending and the way that it's structured and things like that. Um, we're rewatching it, my husband and I right now, and we have that argument all the time about like how the ending was done and like if it was good or not. And, you know, so I think that it's definitely very culturally relevant because I feel like even now it stays in the conversation, especially with the reboot. Um, I do think that they are the best couple on the show, but like, as Katie said, there's not much to like really compare it to because there's not a lot of other really established couples. I mean, you have like Barney and Robin who end up getting divorced and you have like Ted and the mother who like she dies and it's just, it's a mess. The whole thing. Um, I also haven't seen a lot of Pushing Daisies, but I have heard like people who love that show. It's another one of those, like, if you love the show, you love the show and like that show can do no wrong. So just based on relevancy to me and like what I've seen, I am going to go with Lillian Marshall. I think for who they are, they're pretty cute. I definitely agree that they have some flaws as characters, but I don't think Jane and Michael are memorable and I haven't personally seen Pushing Daisies enough. And Lillian Marshall from How I Met Your Mother pick up a vote to pull even with Ned and Chuck. And we're handing this off to Chris. Why would you do this to yourselves? I I legitimately don't know, but I, I didn't have a dog in this fight. Um, you know... Ned and Chuck were an interesting couple. Like, how do you sustain a romance when you're literally can't touch each other or one of you will die? It's a it's an interesting dynamic. Just it throwing is, that out there. It isn't it's a very interesting dynamic. Um, I believe the nineteen ninety-eight film X-Men tackled that same dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Anna Paquin can't get close to a man without sucking his soul out of his body. Or X-Men came out in two thousand. Was it 2000? What was 98? Yep. Is that Blade? Blade was two, was 98, yeah. Okay, so 
I'm sorry. I got my late 90s, early 2000s comic book movies mixed up. How dare I come on a roma- uh, sitcom romantic <laughs> podcast? Okay. Let's piss some people off here. Jane the Virgin, I tried three times to watch. I couldn't get into it. Maybe I'm not as target demographic, but I just didn't care. Um, I don't care who she dated. I know there was another person. I want to call him Rufio, but his name is obviously not Rufio. That was Ra- Raphael. 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 Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. No, I'm not voting for Jane the Virgin. No, definitely not. I want to tackle something here that's going to be a little controversial. Um, because I think we all have like friend couples where one of them kind of messes up a lot. And one of them is like, I still love this person. Like I still genuinely love and care for this person. I can overlook that. And I think that's what Lily and Marshall are. What did piss me off a little bit is like the one time Marshall kept a secret and it was the whole, the judgeship thing when she wanted to go to Italy. Like, I don't want to say I get why he did it, but I also, and I've gotten in trouble with Lily and Marshall in the past and the Christmas episode. I will say that 100%, <laughs> but I'm not saying I get it. And you don't keep score in a relationship, but like Lily did some really shady shit. Lily did some really shady shit. And then she kind of held this over Marshall. I need to watch Pushing Daisies. I, I, I listen. I, I do my read. I take these 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 po- these podcasts specifically on booze. I take them very seriously. Where I want to make sure I've done all of my research. I want to give everything a fair shake, and I want to spend time talking about it and dissecting it and giving it meaningful thought. Despite the fact that I come on here without a plan, and I kind of say what comes to the top of my head. I haven't seen Pushing Daisies, uh, and hearing praise from Mike talk about it, I need to. One hundred percent, I need to. For me, Marshall is a lost puppy dog without Lily. He doesn't know what to do. And there is something really sweet about that. They're the best episode of the show. I, I, I don't like the whole this is a friend's ripoff. I, I, I get like some of the some of it's kind of not stolen from friends, but they did borrow from friends. But these characters are wholly different, totally their own. Um, and worse. Except for except for Ted and Robin. Um <laughs> I I have to give this to Leah Marshall though, just because Marshall is just—he's a genuinely good dude. Um, he's a little immature. Hey, guys, we're all a little immature, all right. I mean, I, I've got comic book memorabilia strewn about this room. We're all a little immature. I'm 39 years old and host two podcasts. We're all a little immature. <laughs> he's genuine. He's pure. He's a, a kind heart. The Christmas episode I think does a good job of kind of showing that. He does have this really pure love and this jovial spirit. I like that in a character. I'm going Lillian Marshall here, but I will be watching Pushing Daisies. And Lillian Marshall are going to win that particular three-way matchup and move on to the next round. But uh, yeah, what, just one more time, I cannot recommend Pushing Daisies highly enough. Uh, Anna Friel, who is Chuck, is fantastic. And uh, Chris, you might know the actor who plays Ned uh, as Ronan the Destroyer. Oh, really? Ronan yes, the Accuser? Around the Accuser. I'm sorry, not the Destroyer. Oh, uh, Lee no, Pace. No. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Lee Pace. I'm sorry, you said don't tell me. I told you anyway, because screw you. You need to watch Pushing Daisies. I think it was only on for three seasons, but I loved that show. I, I think you'd really enjoy it. I think a lot of our listeners would really enjoy it. It's only three seasons, and it's unfortunate that it got canceled, but it's a lot of fun. Um, I need another pandemic to come around so I can find time to watch TV. Yeah, there you go. No, uh, let's n- not have that happen, please. 
But we do have the second uh, half of our bracket filled out uh, as a brief recap uh, in our first matchup of the three couples from Sex in the City. The carrier-based couples uh, were sent away in favor of Miranda and Steve, uh, and they're going to be going up against from Schitt's Creek, David and Patrick in the next round. From Blackish, Dre and Rainbow are going to be taking on from Orange is the New Black, which apparently is a sitcom according to Netflix and literally nobody else, Pusey and Soso. From Parks and Rec, Ben and Leslie edged out Andy and April. And they're going to be taking on Lewis and Jessica from Fresh Off the Boat. I made sure not to mispronounce at that time. And in your final uh, matchup that's going to be happening in the next episode from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Lieutenant Holt and Kevin took out Jake and Amy just barely. And they're going to be taking on Lillian Marshall from How I Met Your Mother in the next round. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Boozy Bracketology as we inch closer to determining who is the best 21st century sitcom couple. If you like what we're doing here, a couple things you can do. Uh, number one, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash P-T-E-B-B. We have several different levels of support there. Uh, the P-T-E-B-B-B, B-B-B, the P-T-E-B-B, we, although we should get involved with the Better Bureau, Business Bureau as well, but P-T-E-B-B, that stands for Pub Trivia Experience uh, which is our sister podcast and boozy bracketology. Uh, if all of that money goes straight back into the show. Uh, so, uh, if you are capable of, uh, supporting us financially just a little bit, uh, and enjoy what we're doing here, that'd be great. But if not, we totally understand we've all been there. Uh, but if you do like what we're doing, uh, give us a five-star rating, writing a review would be super helpful. It would be wonderful of you. If you just want to tell us how, many wrong decisions we have been made. We, we honestly love it. Like half of the reason that we're doing this is because we like people yelling at us about how wrong we are. Uh, so come join us over on our discord, uh, which is ptebb.com slash discord. We're active there a lot. And we're also active on our Facebook at the lounge for fans of pub trivia experience and boozy bracketology. We'll put uh, other social media stuff in the show notes. If you're interested in checking it out there, you've probably heard enough from me. For the Boozy Bracketology Podcast, I have been Mike. I've been Chris. I'm Katie. I'm Karen. Have a good one, everybody.